mm-hmm. I've been waiting and waiting. I thought it was going to come in the spring. It was like, no, I thought it was going to come in September. No. So now we get an October event. Um, and I think we will see definitely. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Montford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening and or watching the Snob West Show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the Snob West Show. We have a jam-packed show this week, but before we kick off on that, we want to definitely Welcome our uh, Patreon supporters into our live show, our um, the regularly recorded show. Um, we just finished our um, our special exclusive content for our Patreon supporters. If you want to get in on that content, because it is top notch, you can become a Patreon supporter as well by going over to patreon.com slash snobos and joining the Snobbest family. We have two tiers, a $3 per month tier, um, which is our love offering tier, and also our $5 a month tier that gives you access to um, exclusive content, our live show taping, um, our Discord community as well, and you get um, all of our content early before everyone else does. So definitely head on over to Patreon and join us um, in the Snobbist community. With that being said, let's get into the show. Let's start with the lowdown where we have lots to talk about this week. The first thing up is the iOS 15.0.1 is released. We talked about 15.0.1 released last week, and this week, 15.0.2, I think I said one before, was released as well. Um, the first one, um, the the 0.1 release was for a specific iPhone 13 Um a bug regarding uh, unlocking your phone with Apple Watch. And this release fixes more bugs, including photos saved to your library from messages, iPhone leather wallet not connecting to Find My, AirTag not appearing in Find My, Car CarPlay failing to open or disconnects, and device restore or update fails when using Finder or iTunes. That is a lot of bugs being yeah. covered in that mini release right and i i wrote this note and um i was uh short uh short notes um actually the first one was actually pretty alarming the first bug you mentioned about photos mm-hmm. being saved to your library from messages mm-hmm. uh, this is important because if you like say me and nika send each other a text message and she puts a photo in it if i save that photo to my library and then let's just say you know time goes on I'm clearing out my text messages or my iMessages and I delete uh, the conversation me and Nika had where she sent me that picture. Not only will the message thread get deleted, but the photo that I saved to my library will also get deleted. So people were um, having a complaint about that. So iOS 15.0.2 released to where I can delete the conversation, but it then won't reach back into my um, uh, photo library and delete that picture as well. So that was a big one. Uh, probably That's another definitely. big one. Yeah, probably another big one that people were complaining about was the leather wallet that you can actually attach 
to the back of the iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 that had a, I'll call it a chip, but I don't know what it is, but I, we'll call it a chip. You could actually use that to connect to Find My. It wasn't working because, and the reason why that's important is because- And it's a wallet. <laughs> right. You have your credit card in it. You may have some money folded up in there. You may have whatever sort of other- ID, uh, IDs, anything right? There, you don't yeah. want to lose that. So Apple was like, all right, well, we'll give you air tags, quote unquote, air tags for that leather wallet, but it wasn't working. So iOS 15.0.2 patches that. And then the last one, the device restore or update fails when using Finder or iTunes. So imagine opening up iTunes or using the Finder and your device does a, a reset and restore or you can't even update to the latest iOS. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all that to say a bunch of bugs were patched with iOS 15.0.2 and a couple of security uh, patches as well, which what made this important. But it, it leads me to believe, well, it leads me to ask the question, you know, we just got iOS 15. They turned right back around after that and did iOS 15.1. And then almost like the second week of using mm -hmm. iOS 15, they got 15.0.2. So I'm curious to know, you know, not necessarily what is Apple doing over there? Because, I mean, bugs happen. But right. it seems like this is unlike Apple to have so many important right. releases back to back to back like this. I'd be curious to find out, you know, what's the culprit behind this kind of new trend we're starting to see with, you know, Apple. Well, I think what I saw in the story uh, that you referenced from this, um, these these fixes uh, on Mac rumor is that I was looking down in the uh, comments, and apparently there is a new software development process that Apple has. Um, I haven't, I, like I said, I just saw it when you're talking, so I'm interested to read that article to see if the way that Apple handles their software development has changed and it might be allowing for some of these things to kind of um, slip, slip through the through. cracks right. that weren't previously um, that weren't previously done. Because like you said, you know, no software is perfect, but it just seems like these are so many bug fixes, like you said, back to back to back. And it's not, you know, simple, kind of, ooh, something we didn't get to roll in when we mm -hmm. released it, but we got it fixed. So it's ready now. Right. It's actual bug fixes that they are that they are, are are doing. And I'm kind of scanning this article and it does appear that there is a new strategy of how um, Apple is doing the development of their releases and how they are rolling them out. Okay. And that they are some noticeable flags uh, in the process that um, may be causing some of these um, these issues and Apple releasing buggy or um, unfinished uh, software. Less, so, less than Apple software releases. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it was someone else, it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of normal. But it's not something that Apple is is known for. So it's, you know, catching the eyes of of certain people. So I guess time will tell if they will refine their new development um, process or if they will go back to what was working. So only time will tell. All right, let's head on over to the next thing. Um, we talked about it a little bit in our pre-show, but um, last week we um, talked about the Apple Watch um, being released in the wild and people able to order and they started getting their devices in. And um, now that the Apple Watch is out there, of course, 
reviews have started to uh, roll in. And I saw this article um, on imore.com and um, what they pretty much did was they collated, you know, different from reviews from the main uh, Apple device uh, reviewers. And they kind of put a list together of what different people were saying about the Apple Watch. The biggest thing I think that came out of the Apple Watch 7 is the screen is more edge to edge. Now you have a bigger screen, a full quarter keyboard on your wrist, and um, as well as I think better charging. So pretty much, I think what we said when, when we were trying to decide if we were each going to buy the new watch is like, it's a great upgrade for someone who has a previous version, but if you're probably with five or six, it's not a huge change. And we kind of got bamboos. We talked about it before. We were thinking it was going to be a revamp of the design. So it was a little bit of a letdown for most of us who bought into the rumors. Um, so that's what pretty much most of the reviews are saying is that it's, it's definitely a great device because Apple does have the market cornered on smartwatches. But it's not something that is a huge, it's, it, to me, it feels kind of like a half step. And I think I alluded to that before, that it's kind of like a half step up from, from the pre, from the, uh, the six. But um, that seems to be kind of the consensus of, of people with, you know, reviewing the, the, um, the Apple Watch 7. You agree, disagree, thoughts? What are your no, that's probably exactly what most people are thinking. That's what I thought. I actually uh, tried, well, kind of halfway, tried to see what my cost would be trading in my six to get a seven. And with the, 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 the amount of money that I was going to get for my six wasn't enough. The features wasn't enough because, again, like you mentioned, uh, the screen is a little bit bigger. Apple tries some tricks as in giving you some Apple Watch specific uh, watch faces that take advantage, take full advantage of the larger screen real estate. But that's just two watch faces. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, like you mentioned, you get a full corded keyboard. But I think most people, when they are responding to emails, responding to text messages, responding to any sort of uh, communication, they use Siri, you know, especially for shorthand text. Right. And then the scribble, the scribble feature, mm -hmm. um, I, I read one review to where somebody said, and it's just be, maybe a personal preference. Uh, the guy was like, you know, who uses the scribble text? And I was like, I use it all the time and I'm I pretty good it. at it. You know, uh, even though the Wa Apple Watch 7 has the full QWERTY keyboard to where you could click but it's at, still if you're gonna do like that you might as well just scribble right and, and keep right. going but but in addition to the full quarter keyboard the apple watch keyboard uses the swipe the text like you do in a phone to where you can actually swipe around the different letters on the keyboard and the intuitiveness the ai can predict what you're writing and put it up there even if you don't swipe exactly the way you're supposed to but i out of the three on a small screen like my watch, the one I you like is the scribble text to where you mm -hmm. can just like on a chalkboard and you know hit the space. And it can tell if it what it is, and you know, it can kind of fix the words if it's not quite spelled right. So right. I use I've, it. Right. Personal preference, I like that the most. So between Siri and the scribble text, 
I don't need a big QWERTY key. I don't need a full QWERTY keyboard. And I don't need the swipe uh, when I'm just doing, okay, I'll be there in five minutes or I'm coming upstairs, you know, any sort of short, short yeah. response, right? Um, the other thing was uh, fast charging. You know, I don't use my watch enough to where I would need to put it on a fast charger because I'm like, I need it in the next 15 minutes. Most of the time it lasts for the day. I put it on the, 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 uh, charge at night or I'll wear it going to sleep. If I wear it going to sleep, first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I put it on the charger, go take a shower, brush my teeth, mm -hmm. you know, put on some clothes, get my key, get my son ready for school. By the time I'm done with all that, my, my watch will be charged back up, yeah. you know, so I don't necessarily need the fast charging feature. So all that to say, um, um, I, I'll pass on the seven. Now I'm being a little bit hypocritical because, <laughs> but, but it makes sense. So hear me out. If they would have gave me a good price on my Apple watch six, which is uh, the reason why I suspect they didn't because they discontinued the version six and they're only selling in the Apple store, the seven, the SE and the Apple Watch 3. So they gave me, they the Apple chunked me on the price, thought they was going to give me a better price to where I was willing to step down to from getting the stainless steel version down to the aluminum version if I didn't have to come out of money to get it. But since I had to come out of some money to get it, I had, yeah. still had to pay two or $300 to get the, um, the version 7, the aluminum version. And... By the time I got to order it, the shipping dates was pushed back to November. I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I think CNET summed it up the best when they said, quote, the Apple Watch Series 7 feels more like an Apple Watch SE, but it's a big leap if you have an older watch. Right, right. So if you got a, a four or a five, then this would be the watch to get. If you have a six or a seven, or I mean, a six, then you may want to hold off, which again, I did, especially, especially if there is no visible, outwardly visible design changes. And let's no additional sensors. Right, right. No additional sensors. And let's just keep it 100. There are some people who buy new gadgets just so they can be out and people see they got a new gadget mm -hmm. and say, oh, I see you've got the new whatever. And they go, oh man, yeah, you know, like this it wasn't like, yeah, right. This whole thing, you like, were they really, that. You like had an you, alarm set to order this, <laughs> right? And, and you were waiting on somebody to mention, to right? You can't notice just just looking at your arm, you will not be able to tell at all if unless you had a, a different strap or something, you will not be able to tell the difference between a seven and a six, or maybe or if someone's five. really looking at it and the screen pops up and it's like, oh. Okay, but you have to really be pocket watching somebody to see a change like that. Right. And there are some people out there who buy the new gadget just yeah. so they can like slide it flex in. Flex a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so they can flex. Exactly. So with this is Apple Watch 7 is not a flex device. So a lot of people are like, hey, I'm good. <laughs> Especially since we got an announcement. All right. That all right. The October 18th, we have an Apple event. It's called Unleashed. And um, I would rather much save my ducats because I think this 
event is going to be the event that I have been waiting for all year. Right. Because when the uh, M1, 13-inch M1 uh, MacBooks were released last year, um, I was like, well, when are the bigger screens coming? Because I already have a smaller screen. I want a bigger screen. And -hmm. I've been waiting and waiting. I thought it was going to come in the spring. It was like, no. I thought it was going to come in September. No. So now we get an October event. Um, and I think we will see definitely the M, what they call it, M1X or M2 chip, uh, 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros. I think that is going to be the highlight of the event. Yep. Yep. Uh, so in addition, well, what, again, so here's the problem though, right? (laughs) We got played with the Apple Watch, right? Mm-hmm. Where we all knew it was going to get this new design, it was going to be boxy, it was going to get we was going to get the flex watch mm-hmm. to where you could wear it out and people could automatically tell, "Hey, that doesn't look you like the good. Right, right, right. So we all bought into that Apple was like, "Psych. This is just the nah, uh, better the uh, SE, the the version Apple Watch.2, 7.2, mm-hmm. right? So as much as we want to believe that Apple is going to announce a 14 inch and a 16 inch M1X or M2 MacBook Pro. We don't know until it actually happens, but uh, considering the fact that they don't have a 16 or 15 or 16 inch MacBook Pro, they've only got the 13 inch and it's a little long in the tooth. That's been what, a year and a half? Mm-hmm. Since they announced that, so yeah. adding that all up, it's safe to assume that they're going to refresh the MacBook Pro lineup, and basically, in addition to it being a larger screen, like I said, fourteen and sixteen inch, uh, other features that the uh, other notable features that the MacBook Pro uh, will have will be they'll have more ports. Mm-hmm. All the other MacBooks when they came out with USB. All they had was one or four USB uh, ports. People love HDMI ports to support their um, monitors, even though USB-C does uh, monitors. You know, not everybody has USB-C. You know, they may have some legacy equipment to where their setup just is just not conducive to USB-C. Right. So uh, the rumor is they're bringing back US, they're bringing back HDMI port. They're bringing back a SD card slot for your photographers who use, um, you know, um, they want to quickly get their pictures off the camera and into their mm-hmm. Mac. The US, the SD slots are coming back. They said they're bringing back MagSafe, the charger port. Right now you're using USB-C as this one or, you know, this one port to bring you catch power. All. Right. Yeah. Catch out to do power, to do data and do connectivity to different things like printers, like monitors, like cameras, like mics. So they're 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 splitting all that out because these are what pros need. They need all these extra ports and they're bringing back MagSafe, which is a proprietary thing for Apple. So they're right. doing all that. Well, the rumor is they're doing all that. Allegedly. <laughs> One of the things that I don't like that they're doing that everybody else on earth seems to like is the fact they're getting they're doing away with the touch bar. Basically, what the touch bar is is that little shiver of um, touch touch sensitive space at the top of your number keys. That based on whatever application 
whatever window, whatever, you know, interface you're using, those keys change based on, you know, that application. So say, for instance, if I'm uh, using iMessage, that top row would be emojis. If I'm using Final Cut Pro, you know, to or any sort of video editing software, that top row will switch to being able to scrub through video to and, and being able to tap on application-specific uh, buttons or tasks, right? I use it all the time. If <laughs> I am listening to music on my MacBook, that top row automatically is volume, so I can quickly scrub up and down on the volume. If it's Final Cut Pro, like I said, I'm starting to get, you know, doing doing these podcasts or starting to put all the videos up on YouTube, you know, so being able to scrub through the video to find that specific point, I know you can do it with the keypad. I know you can do it with the mouse, but it seems like that's more precise. Um, if I'm writing a um, writing a story or writing up notes, to be able to do quick copy and paste, to be able to create a new note, quickly save. I liked the functionality and the flexibility of the touch bar, but I guess everybody else poo-pooed it. So uh, the rumor is they're going to remove the touch bar and I guess go back to the specific function keys. Like, you know, if you think of Windows, right, F1 and F2. And then depending on what application you're using, those buttons will correspond. But I kind of, I like the touch bar. So, (laughs) but at the same time, I need a new MacBook, like for real, because I don't know if y'all heard, but in earlier episodes of the Snob OS cast, um, (laughs) I've had to do a lot of work to filter out background noise for my fan coming on all the time. Anytime I started to uh, record or stream anything, right? So my 2016 MacBook Pro, it's a 15 inch. Uh, is a little bit long in the tooth and it's time it's 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 time for me to get yeah. something that to where the, it is not so labor it's not struggling to just do some of the tasks the basic function yeah. so i'm hoping the m1x chip will handle just that so all that right. to say you know even though i'll miss my touch bar i'll, I'll i guess begrudgingly give that up to get a more powerful um unit with the different uh ports because i use i've got hdmi i'm looking over at my little usb adapter right now and i've got it plugged in to the two usb-c ports um and i've got ethernet and i've got a usba and i've got uh, you know all kind of things plugged into that so it would be nice to be able to skip that port and and plug everything directly in right yeah all right so we are pretty kind of sort of confident that we will see um, the larger screen uh, MacBook Pros. Is there anything else that you're hoping we'll see on Monday? Uh, Nope. Well, I'm hoping they do announce something else, maybe a Mac mm-hmm. Mini Pro. Uh, the ro- word on the street is they'll come up with the third generation of the AirPods, mm-hmm. not the Pros, not the Macs, but the AirPods, which... Seems kind of weird. I would have think they would have announced that with the iPhones because, you know, iPhones and AirPods kind of go hand in hand. Hand in hand, yeah. Right, where, you know, this seems kind of out of place for them to announce AirPods, do all these Mac things. And mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we got these little AirPods over here, you know. So yeah. but we'll see. Maybe, you know, they need to get some more, you know, the the, the cost of these big Macs. You know, maybe somebody watching this event may be turned off by the fact that these things are going to start 
probably around $1,900, right? Yeah. So they say, oh, well, we've got this little $150 thing. You can get something too. Right, right. right. Be more inclusive, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it could honestly also be because of supply chain. Um, right. You can't, you know, stop talking about supply chain. I was watching something on the morning shows of my grandma this morning, and they were talking about you need to start ordering your Christmas stuff now right. because stuff is not going to get here if you wait too much longer. Mm-hmm. So I think it could also be, you know, they're just getting the parts that they need to, you know, to get it together and, and have right. something to release. So it could be that as well. Yeah. All but, that yeah. to say, if you are looking to get a Mac, whenever they say these things are available, because on Monday, when they say it first available date, you better have your money together and ready to press purchase. So here, here's <laughs> here's what I think is going to happen, right? Unlike iPhone events, because when with iPhone events, they will make the announcement on a Tuesday. They'll say iPhone pre-orders will be available starting this Friday, whatever that date is, and be, will be available for launch the following Friday. Mm-hmm. That hasn't always been the case for Mac things. When they announce Max, if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but like at the end of that announcement, they typically say pre-order Max now and be ready for shipping whenever they announce it. So us being people who, you know, for the sake of this show, um, we've been invited back on the Daily Tech News show to mm-hmm. kind of do a recap of this announcement next Monday. Let me tell you. <laughs> We normally watch the show and tweet and collect notes and make sure mm-hmm. we got kind of our ma- minds ready to kind of recap this thing. The second they say the Macs are available for pre-order now, all the little note taking, all the little tweeting, Stops. all the little, it's, I'm quitting and going right over to the Apple store and get my stuff ready to and order. And get my stuff together because I will not miss out. <laughs> I guarantee you because of the supply chain shortages, like you mentioned, because of the chip, chip, it, um, you chip know, the shortage. chip shortages, there are not going to be gobs and gobs and gobs of these things going around, Just laying if, around if you want it sooner than later. And I definitely want mine sooner than later. Right. So I'll have to regroup after I make my purchase and make my pre-order and make sure I get a, right. a, a sooner than later shipping date. <laughs> have one, have my iPad running the announcement so I can watch it and have my laptop, mm-hmm. you know, queued up to Apple so I can get that quick refresh right. and click purchase mm-hmm. and be on my merry way because I will not be denied. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we talked about, we already just said what we plan on buying. Um, and um, we'll talk about it, I guess, in the next couple stories. But um, will Monterey be ready in time for this? Because I think it's, uh, I guess we can go ahead and talk about it. Uh, Apple released the 10th, 10, their 10th beta for Monterey, um, which is the Mac OS version that we are waiting for. Um, and it seems to have gone through a lot of changes. They can't, they've, you know, seeded so many different betas. So my question is, do we think it's going to be ready in time? Yeah. Because I'm I can't pre- I can't see them releasing these new M1 Macs without Monterey ready to go. Yeah, no, I think they'll be ready to go. Uh, we talked about it earlier, though. 
you know, with iOS 15 and then iOS 15.0.1 coming a week after that. And then iOS 15.0.2 coming this week to fix a lot of bugs. Will my question is yes, Monterey will be available shortly after the announcement, if not, you know, the day of the announcement. Will it be ready? Will 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 Apple release Mac OS Monterey and then turn around, you know, a couple days, a week later and have all these bugs they got to fix because some of these bugs, like for instance, um, 14.8 before they even went to iOS 15, that was like a, Hey, stop what you're doing because there is a huge exploit in iOS, which is, you know, again, bugs will be bugs. Hackers will be hackers. You know, no company is, you know, impervious to any sort of hatches or leaks or break, uh, breaches, things of that nature. But, you know, the fact that, you know, according to, like you mentioned, them having 10 beta releases, the, is that an indication that something's happening? Yeah. And if there is something happening, you know, Apple's recent history when it comes to software releases will lead you to believe that this may not be that stable. I don't know if that's what I'm saying. When yeah, it I think released. Yeah. And my thing is you have people that are going to be buying these at minimum, minimum $1,800 laptops. And you're mm-hmm. going to tell them as soon as they get them, oh, by the way, the OS doesn't quite work. Can you go and do this? No, people are going to want to be able to get on mm-hmm. their new $2,000 machines and, you know, just have a good old dandy time right. without having to deal with all of these um, updates and bug fixes and, right. you know, these right. type of things. So hopefully... They got it together after 10 betas. I would hope that they kind of got it together. Um, <laughs> and if not, I think that alludes to what we said earlier. You know, they may need to rethink their new strategy on how they release software because no bueno. And right. it's making Apple look kind of bad because not this if I'm, is something, because not if I'm something spending, that's not yeah, right. Not if I'm spending $2,300, $2,400, not including tax. I want this thing to work. (laughs) Exactly. Off rip. (laughs) All right. And I think the other thing is um, kind of along the same lines. Um, The um, the iOS 15.1 beta 4. So they're on their fourth beta of this 15.1. I think iPad iPad OS 15.1 beta um, was released as well. Um, That has been uh, released uh, um, to um, to the public beta testers ahead of it being released to the public. So again, um, they're churning out these betas, it seems like almost every other week. Um, so, uh, you know, if you are in the beta program, just know that there is something uh, new out. Oh, and it's not just um, iOS 15 and iPad. Uh, OS 15 is watchOS 1.8.1 and HomePod 15.1 beta. So um, lots of betas being released. Um, I hope this is an indication that they have gotten their stuff together because it looks like in this later instance, this beta four, um, it re-enables SharePlay. So it looks okay. like SharePlay is back All on right. the table. Um, it looks like um, the vaccination card okay. uh, storage is back in play. Mm-hmm. Um, for the HomePod, um, beta, it looks like the lossless 
and Dolby Atmos support is back. Um, and it looks like auto macro toggle disabling camera switching. Don't know what that is, is in there as well as um, the native ProRes video uh, capture for iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max. So okay. it looks like they kind of have some heavy hitters in this latest beta, hopefully. Right. All, all the stuff, all the main things that they touted in the iOS announcement, like the vaccination cards, mm -hmm. like they the didn't mention the driver's play. license card. So well, right. Well, we'll talk about well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. It'd be interesting okay. to see what Apple does. Um, but we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. But yeah, all the things that a lot of people are waiting on looks like 15.1 is going to provide. So like you said, hopefully they can get it together because there's some important things out there, especially yeah. with the the vaccination cards, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, again, there are ways to get your vaccination card in your iPhone. But if you're already in the Apple ecosystem and they provide it natively, yeah, right, right. A lot of people are looking for that as well. Yep. All right. That is it for the lowdown. Let's head on over to Second String where we talk all other tech. And your boy Bezos is back at it again. Blue Origin goes back and scrapes the edge of space <laughs> again, but this time with Captain Kirk, 90-year-old Captain Kirk on mm -hmm. board, which uh, William Shatner. Um, so he got to go up and sniff space um, along with Bezos, um, uh, with Bezos' um, Blue Origin. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a crew of four people, including two passengers who paid to be on board so mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. is happening um people are paying to go on these little space sniffs um and they didn't say how much they paid um which is probably smart because people would probably just gag at the cost that someone is paying to go up into to go up into space mm -hmm. um and what they did it doesn't look they extended their time and space from the previous um, uh, orbit that they had. So um, according to this article, um, they can't orbit around space yet, mm -hmm. um, but they are in, I put in quotes, space long enough to go weightless for a few minutes. So once they take off, the rocket goes up. Um, once it goes high enough into the Earth's atmosphere, the capsule and the rocket separate and the passengers briefly float throughout the cabin. Mm -hmm. Then both pieces of the vehicle fall back to Earth. The capsule lands underneath the parachute while the rocket reignites and the engine lands upright. So, um, so yeah, so they are back at it again. If you're famous or extremely wealthy, you can go and um, skirt around space for um, a few minutes. One thing I did note um, in the article is that they show a picture of Bezos pinning wings mm -hmm. on um, William Shatner. Mm -hmm. But I thought when they went up before, NASA was like, we're not giving wings for that. So I'm thinking Bezos came up with his own wing? Um, not surprising of a rich, privileged uh, person to do, make up their own thing. Uh, that's kind of par for the course. Um, I, you know, you mentioned the people who had to pay to uh, take this trip, you know, um, two things. Uh, the the great poet uh, once mentioned, it ain't tricking if you got it. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> so that's one. If you got the money, you know, you ain't you, this discretionary income is discretionary income, whether it's two hundred dollars or two hundred thousand dollars. You know, if you like got it, you got it. Right? Up in here. Yeah. Right. That's number one. Number two, you know, again, I have I'm starting to become more self-aware and I wouldn't want anybody watching my pockets. So, you know, what I'm not going to do is watch anybody else's pockets. And, you know, I, you know, I'm starting to get away from the, you know, even though we, again, trying to be self-aware and hypocritical, we talked about Amazon two weeks ago and their, um, their product launches specifically that Astro, Astro. Uh, and, you know, the, our one thing was with all that money, this mm -hmm. is what y'all come up with. Now I'm not, I'm being a little bit hypocritical because essentially that is saying okay well y'all got this much money this is what you choose to spend it on you know uh but at the same time to kind of defend myself a little bit you know i would expect you to do something uh equally as clever mm -hmm. <laughs> than this <laughs> little stupid robot you know come up right. with something you know right uh but again i digress um you know, well, I was pocket watching and I have no qualms about it. <laughs> I don't have it. Even if I did, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. I would know. But I would say, you know, I I am just keeping an, an eye out because my thing is, if I'm going to pay this much money to go into space, I want to go in space. Right. I want to go around space. Right. I want to be up in it. It so reminds me. Yeah, no. So that that part was the other part, right? That that goes. So that fits right into the 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 uh, Amazon Astro thing, right? If you're going to spend, let's just say two hundred thousand dollars. If you're going to spend two hundred thousand dollars for what fifteen minutes of weightlessness, you could go. It's not fifteen minutes. I said a few fifteen. I think it's fifteen minutes for the whole thing. Getting there, going up. And coming back, and coming down. Right. You could go to the carnival or the state fair or whatever you call it. Get on that thing gravitron. that goes around in the circuit, the gravitron, gravitron, right? <laughs> and that goes around and that lifts your seat up, and you can do the things, right? And that'll cost you what twenty dollars, you know? Go to Sky Zone, <laughs> right? <laughs> Float around Sky Zone, right? If for the same experience, right, of weightlessness, you can go. There are airplanes that. um they uh, go up to a certain uh, um, um, whatever the thing is. What, what is it called when airplanes? Uh, they go to 30,000 feet or whatever the case may be and they drop quick mm -hmm. and the people in the big spacious cabin will get that sense of weightlessness. Mm -hmm. Now it's only for seconds. Uh, this with the the the, um, the orbit thing, they get maybe a minute or five or something like that. But at the same, it's like I'm pretty sure the going in the airplane and doing the weightlessness is uh, less expensive mm -hmm. and probably less um, um, uh, dangerous because right. that was my other thing with you can uh, die. Uh, with William with, Shatner's uh, ninety. That's what I was gonna say. William Shatner's ninety. Sit your old ass down, and he's not and, in shape. They showed a picture of, and I'm like, bro, you can live your ninety year old self. You know, sitting around enjoying your grandkids and your great grandkids and just living life, not risking it for, like you said, five minutes in almost space, you right. know, uh, go around the go orbit around the earth for like an hour or two. Right. Let me be in be there. Like, okay. All right. All right Let me see something. the earth to rise. Let me see some stars. Let me see something. But, if I'm going to pay this kind of buddy. 
but there is an audience. There's an audience for this, you know, because yeah. it's pretty Obviously, popular. Two people pay. Right. People, everybody, a lot of people watched it live and the people who, you know, I didn't watch it, but, you know, watching along on Twitter, you know, there were some people that was pretty geeked about it. So, you know, to each his own, <laughs> I guess. And we gave them too much time. So it says the flight lasted a little over 10 minutes in length, the whole thing. Right. The whole thing from the whole thing. Touch that from lift off the touchdown. Yep. And my thing is, I think one of the things that I really think about is like, and it is, you know, it isn't, they, there aren't. He isn't pinning NASA wings on William Shatner. I'm looking, I read the the tag on the image and it says, Jeff Bezos pins blue origin astronaut wings. It's like the self-importance aspect of, that's what really just grind my gears. You can't, <laughs> you know, earn it the, you know, the way that these astronauts who study for decades, they get PhDs and all these things to kind of go up in there and do it. I get it. They're doing that for a career. You want to do this for fun, but it just, to me, it just, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I know right. that's my own personal thing, but it, it still just makes me, it, it's one of those things where it denies the every man from the experience. How many people who love space since they were little kids mm -hmm. will love to go into space, but will never be able to, because one, they didn't get the education to do it, which is the way that we're told that's how you get to space. That's mm -hmm. the only way you can get. And now, because you know, you're money, ultra wealthy, rich, you yeah. get to you get to participate. And you know, it's not fair. Life isn't fair. We know that. But it's still, mm -hmm. it just kind of, you know, it just puts a little sour taste in in my mouth, particularly because we know yeah. it's not something that a lot most people, you know, it's not well, even the one percent. It's like the point a hundred millionth of a percent people get to do. Right. We'll get into it a little bit later, you know, uh, where we talk about, I think you got on the list talking about John Gruden, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, this, you know, uh, William Shatner and uh, Jeff Bezos and these other people who paid for a seat. I mean, it's a microcosm of, yeah. you know, um, America. Of uh, society, world. yeah. A society and I get in general. It. I there are there are some few privileged people who will get to experience things that there are only other people could only dream about. Yeah. The, the question is, yeah. right. The question is, is that the best way? Right. Is it is the best way? Okay. Well, if you want to experience these things, well, just become wealthy. You know, yeah. is that the the answer? Yeah. Or, you know, do, or on the flip side, if you did work hard and become wealthy to attain these goals, you know. Um, why should you to, not indulge? Right. Why Why should you feel any less, feel any a way about it? Because, mm -hmm. you know, according to you, you did bust your ass and, mm -hmm. you know, work hard and, and launch these companies or become this great uh, actor or whatever the case may be to be able to yeah. then afford these things, you know? So it's like, it, it's the, it's a, again, it's a microcosm of, you know, you know, society, you know, yeah, the questions that is. we have. Yeah. It definitely is. It's definitely, you know, layers to this. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I think we kind of take it as is and until there are commercial flights, I guess, um, or until we got to leave Earth because we trashing it. <laughs> right. But then they don't leave some of us behind. We're not we all are not going to get to go. No, some of us got to stay here right. in the in the 
trash heap that we are currently making right now as we speak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is a, that's a argument or a conversation for a whole new day because the yep. wealthy, the, the people who tend to be trashing it the most uh, tend to be, be the, the first ones. ones on the spaceship going right. up to wherever. Hey, going to Elysium, right? <laughs> going to the new planet, living right. it up. Mm -hmm. And we're still here skin peeling off because you go outside for two right. seconds. Right. And this, yeah. this this quote unquote lottery uh, that y'all picked, you know, people was able to pay their way to get around the lottery. But, you know, again, that's stuff movies are made of. So, but And then there is a Netflix. There is a Netflix show called, is it the 3% or the 1%? And some of the, I started watching it. And that's the same premise. You get your skin, get scanned. And when your turn comes up, you have to go and kind of compete in these little mind games and tricks to show that you're smart enough to be able to go to the new colony where they have water and food and all those types of things. So, you know, right. You know, art, <laughs> right. Art imitating life right. or predicting life better yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next thing on deck, um, Instagram, they have added um, a scheduling and practice mode feature for um, live creators. So essentially Instagram has added this new feature, well, these new features that allow you to schedule a live up to 90 days prior to it actually airing. Um, Google is, uh, blah, Instagram is going to make this available globally to all of the live creators. And um, one of the other features is, is that it, after you, after, so say we, um, we are creators, we are content creators. Say we schedule a live. After we schedule the live, we are then able to share the live information directly with our followers, whether it be on stories, whether it's on um, your regular feed. So it's just another level of promotion. And also it further engages um, your followers because they can then set reminders to say, if you say, if you schedule out um, a live 30 days out and it's like, oh, I want to make sure I listen to that or see that you as a subscriber or a follower of that person, there are built-in twos that will allow you to set a reminder to say, hey, this is going on, make sure you tune in. So my question is, do you think this is kind of coming for Hootsuite and all of the other um, sites that allow you to schedule out content? Because a lot of times when we see things on social media, people aren't actually, you know, doing the, you know, the post at the moment, typically they have it scheduled out, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the week of, um, they have all their content scheduled out for the week because otherwise you can't maintain, you know, it that way. So do you think this is something that could come for Hootsuite or, yes or is and it no. just another feature? No, it, it, it's both because um, even when you do have tools like Hootsuite and Buffer and Sprout Social and all these other ways to uh, proliferate content, uh, they are beneficial in the sense that two reasons that I can think of. One, I may be in ownership or management of multiple accounts, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I use ourselves, for example, right? We have Hootsuite for SnobOS, where we do that, where we schedule out our content after we record and publish all of our shows and get it all ready, right? I also have Brother Tech to where I do content. I also, you know, do content for another podcast, Tech John, that we that I do. So I can use Hootsuite and schedule out content for three of those platforms. I could also I could do that in Instagram. 
but then I also have to go into Twitter and do it. Then I also have to go into Facebook and do it all separate. So that's like the same content multiple times in multiple platforms when I can go into Hootsuite and just pick the right account and send that content, schedule it out. The negative or the benefit to, or let's say the negative of using Hootsuite is the formatting is not exact one for one. So I can schedule something in Hootsuite and it'll give me some features to up, to put the caption, put a picture or a video or whatever the case may be. But if I do it in Instagram, I get extra captions. I get extra fields. I get additional, uh, more plat, um, platform specific um, uh, attributes that I can attribute to that content that I can't find in Hootsuite. And that's just par for the course. You know, it's like mm -hmm. if you're using my service, I'm going to give you more features than you trying to use a third party service to post or, you know, to put on my account. So yeah. uh, with this that you're talking about specifically, the ability to uh, schedule lives is no different than what we do when we schedule a live on YouTube. The benefits, I think, to this is because there are a lot of influencers who just use Instagram. Mm -hmm. They don't use YouTube. They don't use Twitter. They don't use Facebook. Instagram is there. They don't use TikTok, Snapchat. Instagram. And they want their filters and their little emojis or animations. Want, but they also want the ability to schedule posts. They want the ability to, you know, uh, share it through their stories and their feeds. You can't do that on Hootsuite. I can't schedule a story in Hootsuite. There may be some other platform that I can, but then again, you have to something else. Right. I got to do something else. I got to go on Instagram and make sure it looks right there. I, I can start in Hootsuite, but then once I schedule it, I got to make sure it looks right in Instagram. And if there's just one feature that I really want, I got to do something else. So mm -hmm. Instagram is like, okay, for our customers that only use Instagram, we want to keep them inside mm -hmm. of the app, stop them from going outside yeah. because we want to say, okay, if you use Instagram, we give you all these extra features that you may not be able to find in some of these other platforms. So yeah. yes, and the answer to your question Yes, it is coming for platforms like Hootsuite, but at the same time, the negative is it's not as easy to switch between accounts in Instagram as it is in some of these third-party platforms mm -hmm. to where you're thinking about companies right. that have eight different social media handles throughout all the platforms, and they yeah. need a quicker way to do that versus on their phone. You're trying to tweet out because you can't do it. All, you can't do it on the web browser. <laughs> right, right, right. And you know, trying to do all that through your phone is kind of yeah. goofy looking, right? Yeah. So, uh, but there are some people who just use Instagram. They don't mm -hmm. have corporate accounts and three and four different accounts. They're one entity. I don't want to go out and do all this extra stuff. So this is where this comes in. Right. And this live scheduling, it is available starting today, which is Wednesday, October thirteenth. And um, it's available to uh, global users. And then practice mode will be rolling out shortly thereafter. The company just says it'll be rolling out, quote, soon. So the, the live scheduling is, is out there today. I'm sure if you update your, your, your Instagram uh, app, you will uh, see that feature. So mm -hmm. happy scheduling. All right. Um, oh, boy. Google and this podcasting, they can't quite seem <laughs> to get it together on on this podcast thing. So I think you uh, you want to talk about this one? 
Yeah, it's just they are trying to figure out the best way to get people to utilize Google's, well, to use Google for podcasting. When you think about podcasting, you know, people who want to start a podcast, first thing they do is Apple and Spotify. Spotify. Right. Those are like the two because, you know, those are the popular ones. Everybody's getting all these crazy deals. You know, Joe Rogan, who I'm not a fan of, I don't watch at all. But, you know, he's got like a hundred million dollars from Spotify. Joe Rogan has a hundred million, million dollar deal for just his podcast. Right. But that's through Spotify. He ain't go to Google <laughs> for that. Right. right? <laughs> so Google is trying to figure out, OK, well, how do we get into the podcasting game? Because everybody's doing it. That's the new medium. Nobody's blogging anymore. We're doing podcasts and we're doing video. Right. Mm -hmm. So Google is like, aha, they're doing video. Aha. Right. They're doing video. We have YouTube, which is the number one place to find video. How do we yep. capitalize on that and get people to use it for audio as well? Let's just call it YouTube podcasts instead of like trying to do it through, you know, like I said, this is their, Nick mentioned, this is their fourth attempt at trying to get people into using Google for podcasts. They tried a service called Google Listen. They tried a platform called uh, Google Play Music Podcasts. And then they've got their current iteration, which is called Google Podcasts. Again, ain't nobody really checking for them like that. We, we as a show, we put our episodes on Google Podcasts, but we really, once I it never goes, been over there. <laughs> once it gets over there is once it gets over there, right? But we recognize people have Androids. So it's like, all right, well, yeah, here, <laughs> right? But, but if it's YouTube Podcasts, and we as a show recognize, okay, there's millions of people using YouTube. Maybe we should try to go for that audience, you know, calling it YouTube, rebranding it as YouTube podcast and to get some of that YouTube juice that may attract some more people over there versus just using Google as like a throwaway place. Right. Yeah. Maybe this will work this time, and maybe it'll hope that the branding says YouTube instead of Google. It so does. Maybe they yeah. can capitalize, capitalize off that as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if Fourth Chime is a charm for right. them in this podcast game. All right, let's head on over to the um, last story that we have in Second String. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, iOS standardized mobile mobile driver's license. We kind of talked about this a little bit before. Um, when we were in the lowdown, we were talking about how um, it looks like for the beta, the 15.1 beta, that the COVID vaccine card is coming to Apple Wallet, but we didn't hear any mention of driver's license. And as we mentioned before, there's uh, there are eight states who have signed on for um, the app for your driver's license to be added to your Apple Wallet. Mm -hmm. So this may have something to do with why we don't have it yet. Well, not necessarily why we don't have it yet, but it's curious to see what Apple is going to do because the ISO, which stands for the International Organization for Standardization, has pretty much standardized mobile driver's licenses. And, and the reason why we say, okay, well, what is Apple going to do? Because the stories that we mentioned before, even Apple mentioned the ability to um, save driver's license to your Apple wallet. That's Apple Wallet. That's proprietary. That's to Apple. There are four states that you mentioned that have signed on to use Apple's version 
of the mobile driver's license. It'll be interesting to see what Apple does that this international organization has standardized a mobile driver's license and they have some pretty dope features as to why Apple may want to join in on this versus creating their own version of a driver's license because um, this international standard organization of standardization actually has put out these features that they say is more private than an actual physical driver's license. And I'll just read through some of these features. It only shares relevant data. So if somebody asks for your ID and, you know, they, you know, for, for purposes of identification, all they'll be able to do is use it to identify who you are. They won't be able to, um, you'll, you'll have to give them explicit consent to share. So they can't just lift any other information off your driver's license, like where you live, you know, who you're married to, mm -hmm. if you're an organ donor, that ain't what's important for what they need. Then you can only share that relevant data. You consent to share. You don't have to give up your phone. I think one of the things with the Apple wallet driver's license is you may have to, you may, right, right. With this version of the mobile driver's license, you don't have to give up the, your phone. They can scan your thing and then do what mm -hmm. they have to do. Uh, notification of data retention. So if you have to prove your verification and somebody scans your um, your uh, mobile uh, driver's license and they try to store it or save it, you know, you'll get notification that they have to do it and you have to consent to them doing it. Um, no unique identifiers. So, you know, if somebody tries to, you know, track you to find out, like try to sell your information to, mm -hmm. you know, marketers or whatever the case may be, it's anonymized and unique. So they can't create a profile. They can't track where you're going to figure out your habits or anything like that for whatever reason. Again, mm -hmm. you know, if they can do it, they will. So this uh, standardization just locks that down before anybody even tries. Right. And there's no connection needed. So the data is shared directly between devices. It's not going off to some server somewhere. You know, the people who, whether it be TSA, whether it be police uh, officers, whether it be healthcare, whatever the case may be, um, they don't need some sort of connection. It just goes, the information goes from device to device. So all that to say, since there now is a standardized mobile driver's license, will Apple do their own thing and try to mm -hmm. proprietize this thing to where, you know, if you want to use Apple's version, it's going to be different. Or are they going to, you know, jump on the wagon of this already internationally standardized version? So that's the question, which is why maybe they've held off yeah. on releasing that to maybe play play ball with this group. Yeah, maybe. And maybe it's one of those things where they got some insider information to say, hey, something's coming down the pipeline. You may want to pump your brakes a little bit to see exactly what this is and see how mm. well they play together if they play together at all. So it'll be interesting to see. And the features sound pretty dope. And I know as someone who is always worried about uh, privacy and security, um, you know, your driver's license has a lot of key information, um, you know, to know that it's, it's not, it's going to be protected um, is always a, a good thing. All right. All right. Um, that is it for second string. Let's head on over to for the culture. This week, we are talking what I'm calling the Gruden Report. He has left no one 
offended behind. He has offended literally everyone except for straight white men. And aliens. <laughs> Can't forget the aliens because they're going to be our friends one day right. when we have to go and live out in the colony somewhere on a different planet. Right. So um, people have been saying, why is this coming up now? Someone said he's trying to buy OAN or, yeah. Right. What is it? The you know, that's right, because the inside joke is because, <laughs> and that's that's pretty funny, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. the, the inside joke is um, the reason why they came after Bill Cosby after all those years was the rumor was, or the conspiracy theory was, he was trying to buy, NBC. was it eight, NBC? NBC, yeah. Right, so <laughs> the reason why they it came after Gruden because he's trying to buy OAN, which is funny because OAN is like a super ultra white ring, uh, white right, ultra conservative, ultra yeah. conservative. Like you think of Fox News, but like on steroids, on right? Steroids, but on meth, right? Right on meth, right? <laughs> or or opioids, which is mean, yeah. but it is what it is. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> um, which is funny because you know those people would be. You it, it makes sense because the all the people that John Gruden uh dissed Offended. in these emails probably be the same people that the OAN people would kind of uh who they go after. <laughs> yeah, who they kind of go after. They go after black folks, they go after uh people who come out as openly gay, they talk about women and equality, they talk about just the flat out misogynistic stuff. So yeah. it's kind of on par, which <laughs> that's pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. And essentially, he's had to resign. He is, well, he was um, before, what, Tuesday? Did this happen? Did this happen yesterday or Monday? It One happened Monday. Days. It happened Monday. Monday they um, let he him... resigned mm -hmm. from the Las Vegas Raiders mm -hmm. um, after some emails have um, uh, really, uh, you know, pretty much kind of showed some true color about mm -hmm. who he is behind the the facade it appears and right. people are like oh they're coming after him it's like no this is a part of the investigation into the washington football team um we all know that uh what's it is it dan schneider is yes. the, the owner of that team yes. and you know some cheerleaders came out and mm -hmm. sued them because of harassment and so i think that kind of started the ball rolling and the whole organization was investigated mm -hmm. and these emails were revealed as a part of that. So mm -hmm. between 2011 and mm -hmm. 2018, um, the emails reveal um, some racist, homophobic and misogynistic comments that um, that John Gruden just let fly through the corporate email. He didn't mm -hmm. even use his personal email. He was using the corporate email. And of this course, all of that stuff is a part of the servers and a part of the investigation into this football club. Cause he sent them to somebody. <laughs> somebody yeah, received them. lots of somebody. Right. Right. Yep. And so I personally think, you know, before we get into the different types of comments, the first thing, the first comments that came out were in regards to at the time, the, um, the player association, president uh -huh. um and they were in the middle of negotiating i think it was um the national uh collective bargain agreement time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and he referred to the i think his name is demarcus i'm i'm drawing a blank on his last name or demarius mm -hmm. or something along those lines he called him 
uh, rubber lips. No, Michi Michi Michelin tire right. lips well, or something. So I, I can't think of his name, but he kind of used a play on his name and called him Demorius, Dumb, dumb, D dumb Morris. Yeah, and he something said, with burn to lies or something. Yeah, too. and he said his lips were bigger than Michelin tires. Now, John Gruden's explanation of that was that's a common phrase that he uses to correlate to somebody who is lying. That's saying something about their lips being uh, big as tires or something like that. But let's, that. come on, let's keep it 100. You know, as a result of all these other emails that came out subsequently after that comment, it makes perfect sense yeah. as to why he used a racial um, reference. It, the, the reference to his lips was racial. It didn't have anything to do with some sort of uh, lying, you know, um, slang. It was a typical racist right. tropes regarding right. black people and, and their facial their, features and their facial features, right. wide bridge nose, large lips. Right. And I saw before all the rest of the stuff came out, I saw so many people in the comments, man, well, that is true. Like black people do have big lips and regular people. So it's not like they were doing anything. I mean, then he had Tony Junji coming out caping for him. He had Mike Tirico coming and, out caping for him. Right. But and Mike because himself black, so I don't Right. Know because they were on Sun so the 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 comments to this um the uh player association president uh came on Friday. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, the Raiders played. They everybody knew about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um uh John Gruden made his apology, you know. I have a, I don't, and you know, the popular thing that most racists he said, tend to say, I don't have a racist bone in my body. He said blade. Oh, well, he said like, both. He said, he oh, said he did both? Bone. I, heard, I, I heard saw blade. Yeah. A blade of, you know, uh, What's racist, the racist blade though. Uh, as a football turf, you know, as it relates to the turf on the football blade of grass, you know, you think of all the blade. Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Anyway. Not even real grass. But okay, well, I you know, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, he came out with that apology, you know, I ain't got a racist bone in my body, which where do racist bones come from? What's really racist is your heart and your brains and your mouth, but you talking about bones. But anyway, uh, he made his apology. Uh, the Raiders played another game. Then Sunday night football came and Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy, who, you know, I admired because he was the Colts coach. I admire Tony Junior because he seemed like a really good dude. Right. He 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 came behind uh he came before John Gruden at the that that coached the Bucks who mm -hmm. so Tony Dungy helped the Bucks become popular and then uh Gruden came over and took him to the championship. You mm -hmm. know Tony Dungy didn't go to the Colts. They win a championship. So he's got he's the prestige when it comes mm -hmm. to smart, good, decent uh, coaches, you know, the mm -hmm. model coach for the NFL, right? And then the Tariqo, coach that everybody loves, players, everybody coaches, loves him. Management, every, yeah. Right, right. He has a relationship with Tony Dungy, I mean, with John Gruden because of the coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Mike Tirico has a relationship with uh, John Gruden because they were ESPN analysts together. Mm -hmm. So they did the football games together. Mm -hmm. So both of those guys who, like you said, one is black, the other one he is, but don't claim it. Right. Mike Tirico has, there's been some statements to where he's like 
from as far as I know, my parents are Italian, so I'm claiming Italy. Right? They're just as white as the refrigerator standing behind me. <laughs> Somebody telling some lies. All right. So, you know, but, but that's a, another conversation for another day, yeah. right? So both of them have a relationship with John Gruden outside of us being sports fans. They actually have a relationship with him. So they came to his defense and were saying, you know, well, I know his heart, you know, um, I've worked with him a long time. I can't think of a nicer person, you know, all the times we spent together. I can't imagine him making all these statements. If he did make them a statements, he apologized. I think it's genuine. I believe him. Let's move on and not make everything about race. I think that was Tony Dungy's specific statement. He said, you know, ain't everything ain't always about race, right? This is Sunday night. Yeah. Monday rolls around and the New York the New York Times, who originally dropped the first email bomb about the racist stuff, then dropped the bomb about the sexist, the uh, homophobic and the overall misogynistic emails. He mm-hmm. uh, in going down the list, he shared emails of scantily clad, topless, almost nude. Uh, Washington football team cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. He uh, talked about he had a beef or issues with all the players who were protesting the flag. Mm-hmm. Think of Colin Kaepernick, think of Eric Reed, think Reed. of all the people who kind of sided. Mm-hmm. He was obviously on the other fence, other side of obviously. the fence on that one. He had a problem with women, with referees. So that's the. Why you got to have women referees? That's- right. So, so he covered the sexist part with the football cheerleaders being half naked. He covered the the it's the racist anything. part with the the people being on the different fence of protesting the flag mm-hmm. and the racist comment with the president. The lips. He mm-hmm. covered the 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 misogynistic one about women and referees. He didn't believe mm-hmm. they should be referees or something. Women like don't that. need to be on the football field, right? And then he hit him with he hit the homophobic part pow, with pow, pow, right protesting against the NFL forcing teams to. Uh, draft um, uh, openly gay players at the time. It was Michael Sam's uh, from the from this Rams when they were in Rams, St. Louis at yeah. the time, and which is odd or ironic because while he was the coach of the Raiders, you know Michael Sam's they 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 he got drafted, but I don't think he played like he played maybe a down or two. I don't even think he played a full game. He kind of fizzled mm-hmm. out. Maybe because of the pressure, because of all the, the hype surrounding him, or whatever the case may be. But like I said, it's ironic that he had a beef with the NFL, quote unquote, forcing NFL teams to draft openly gay players when he, as the coach of the Raiders, was coaching the first openly gay okay. player yeah. who actually played in the NFL. So yeah. All that to say, you know, it's... Oh, you can't forget he called um, Roger Goodell the F word. Oh, yeah. He called him all kind of... All kinds of... Fs, you know, the big the big gay black... The big gay word. The, the Rhymes new, with maggot. Right. And he called yeah. him all kind of, uh, uh, you know, female genitalia, the P and the, and the C word. The see you next Tuesdays and the... Right. Yeah, the, all the of rhymes, it. Football rhymes with punt. You know, so <laughs> so he pretty much covered all the basis of you know a hateful person, right? So in all aspects, he left no stone. Unturned. Right, right. So you have to ask, 
the 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 two questions the one question you put down here was um everybody seemed to be quote unquote okay with his transgressions when he just made the racial uh comment to mm -hmm. the black players association president everybody said look man it's not big a deal in so many words right it's it's you have to wonder why that wasn't enough why mm -hmm. why is it Do when you made, right well i mean you know i'm just asking the question right? yeah right um why is it that when he went misogynistic when he went homophobic you know when he went sexist that wasn't okay but when he went racial, everybody's like, eh, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Why not make it about race? Right. And then the second question is, my question is, for all of the people who knew his heart and, mm -hmm. you know, he is, I can't think of, imagine him saying something like that. And not just Tony Dungy and Mike Tirico. You talk about all the players. They were the players, the game of the lot, Right, right. Yeah, it's like, kind of crap you know, that. a lot of these people... Uh, I don't know. I, I would they're assume. They're quite as a church mouse now. Say what? I said they're quite as a church mouse now. Right. They haven't, I haven't heard anything. anything. Right. But it leads to believe it's like, okay, what makes you believe that somebody, how they are with you, is just a 100% mirror of how they are when they're not with you? Mm -hmm. You know, there are people. You know, there are people who say, well, I mean, if you're going to go after Tony, uh, uh, John Gruden, some of the things he said, all these NFL coaches and all these NFL owners and all of these people in front office and people in corporate America, period. You know, you got to Are you going to get all them too? You yes, know? that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is yes. Or we want them gone, too. Right. Or if that's who you are keep your mouth closed or if, if you if you if you have that much hate in your heart for this one group or these groups of people why do we as the people who are typically on the receiving end of these um ignorant comments these statements or to make take it even further people in positions with these ideas having a direct um impact on my or your um your uh, uh your life you know because he was a coach you know over a predominantly black population so with that having said that you can make the case that maybe some of his thoughts and beliefs went into who he let who he uh, hired who what positions you know all that stuff right playing um, time incentives contracts right. all but of even, that but even bigger than that right we as black folks we know we have to work with or work work with people or work in environments to where there are people who don't share the same beliefs mm -hmm. whether it be pol po political whether it be you know uh religious whether it be you know sexual, whether it be racial, racial, we know that. Mm -hmm. So therefore, some of the comments, some of the attitudes, some of the things we say, some of the things—that's where whole code switching comes from. We censor ourselves. We censor ourselves. We tread lightly. We we play the one. You know, we do one thing in the corporate, and we come home and may do something else. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to do that? 
But when it's on the other end and these presidents and these bosses and these coaches and these owners don't have to. And we give them a pass. We we say, well, you got to recognize that everybody them. They coddle them. And right. they, and, and for lack of a better term, it's one of those things where they say, you know what? Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's but give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Would they give him the benefit of the doubt? No, because they're saying these things in the first place. Right. But like you said, the offended party is always the one that is on alert to make sure that they don't come off offensive. When right. the people who are actually the ones who are offensive and harmful and can impact your physical well-being, your financial well-being, your mental well-being, they're given the easy pass to say, well, everybody can have a bad day. I know they're excused, that's not who they are. Or they're excused or they're, well, they're, they have the ability to redeem themselves, which is- Oh, you're never canceled. Right. Which is the reason a lot of people, present company included, you know, why people have a, a beef with people like, you know, having a disagreement with people like Tony Dungy who will mm-hmm. say, okay, well, you know, he said his apology, you know, let's move on, right? It's like, why are we the offended why we parties? Have to move on? Right. Yeah. Why do we have to why can't why can't there be consequences? Number one, mm-hmm. if you say if you believe it, that's messed up. But if right. you say it or then act on it, there should be consequences. Mm-hmm. Flat out. There shouldn't be no, oh, you know, well, you can forgive him while he you loses his job. Yeah. Why are you why are get you coming one. into right? Why are you coming to his defense as if to say he should be spared? He, you should be coming to his defense and say, "Hey, he made this mistake. Allow him to He's sit going to in atone it, for it and allow him to atone for it. Let's not, you know, uh, uh, erase him from history books. You know, let him sit in it." Let's believe that he really wants to make a change or whatever the case may be. But yeah, sure. He needs to be removed from whatever duties because his thoughts, his ideas, his beliefs directly are harmful and they directly affect the people he works for and with. Obviously, because he was smiling in y'all faces (laughs) and then turned right back around. Right. And talked about you behind your back. So how do you feel? You know, choose not necessarily choose your friends wisely, but. Why do you believe that this coach, because he's ascended to this level, has somehow different than some of these other people, you know, who say oh, these Joe Schmo on the street. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I think, think is, let's be clear, if the roles were reversed, would John Gruden put his neck and reputation on the line for Tony Dungy? And right. I think we all know the answer to that. Right. Right. So. Or, or not even that, on even a simpler note, you know, if Tony Dungy or Mike Tirico or any of these players said something offensive to something that, you know, John Gruden believed in, let's just say, let's just say. Jesus he, ain't real. Right, right. Something offensive to something right. that he personally believes in. Right. Would he be like, hey, you know, I've known this guy. I worked with him for years, you know. Uh, we don't want to be like that. You don't want to be okay. Well, you know, tit for tat, eye for an eye. But I mean, if you're going to if you're going to say that, you know, this is how a lot of people think, and we should, you know, uh, be okay with it, then I should be able to turn around and say, okay, well, if that's how you feel. Then you know, <laughs> I'm going to do you my thing. Consequences. You can feel the way you want to feel. Mm-hmm. That's why people. I have the right to say whatever I want. You can say exactly what you want to say, but let's be clear. 
actions have consequences, right. whether they be good or whether they be bad. And if you say and speak your heart and it's offensive and it's wrong, you know, in most terms and for most people, there will be consequences. And, and finally, be okay with that. right. And then finally, <laughs> uh, I found it strange, you know, conspiracy theory thing uh, coming in three, two, one. Right. I found it strange. Like, why is John Gruden all of a sudden under fire? when this investigation started with the Washington football team, right? Mm -hmm. Well, two things. Um, the people he, he who the people who he was emailing was people, yeah, people in the Washington football team. And number two, this is the real conspiracy theory thing. I think Dan Snyder and whomever he was talking to in the front office, I think they may have sold your boy out. Because you know, us real quick. Right. Because you know what people ain't talking about no more, the Washington football team. <laughs> so they was like they sold you down the river, bro. <laughs> so and Urban like, Meyer is like, thank you, Jesus. So you they turned him right on coach. up. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Which again, why are you excuse my language? Why are you shitting on all these black folks, these gay people, these homophobes when your people is the main ones that's gonna do you dirty? But that's a whole nother subject. That's a whole nother topic. Whole nother topic for another day. And <laughs> with that being said, that is it in for the culture this week. Let's head on over to the hookup. And what is our tip for the week, brother? Well, Dad? real quick, we we've been uh, we're, we're kind of long, but so real quick, um, one of the cool things that's coming in Iowa that came in Iowa 15, and specifically with augmented reality as it relates to Apple, is Apple Maps. Uh, one of the cool things that you can do now is you can use augmented reality for walking directions. And basically what think of you being able to tell your, you know, open up Apple Maps, you know, say a direction. Let me get walking directions, you know, to the nearest restaurant or whatever the case may be. It gives you the directions. You actually hold your phone up and actually look through your phone screen and click the little augmented reality box. And it will show on your screen in real time landmarks and actual walking directions so when you get to a street and you're actually looking through your phone at the directions once you get to a street in the augmented reality it'll point the way you need to turn and in addition to that you can point it at buildings it'll give you building names it'll give you addresses it'll give you all these type of wayfinding things that you can actually see in real in in augmented reality actually on your phone so that's the little tip but the problem with it is you have to be in la new york san francisco and london right now of course as they spread um, new cities then you know you'll be able to take advantage of that and you know what you don't want to be doing is walking looking at your phone screen while you're walking down the street and mess around walk out in the middle of the street and get hit apple don't want that kind of smoke so they actually, if you're looking in your phone too long and you're trying to use these directions, Apple does have a um, notification that pops up on the screen that says, hey, you're looking at me too long. Be safe. Stand still and actually look before you actually start following the directions. So that's my tip for the week. If you are in nice. L.A., New York, San Francisco and London, you can actually use augmented reality to display live in, you know, real not real life, but augmented reality directions while you find walking directions using Apple Maps. Cool. And that's our show for this week. Definitely download, rate, and review us 
on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, you can definitely hit us up on Twitter. We're at SnobWestCast everywhere. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also head over to our YouTube channel at SnobWestCast. Be sure to link and subscribe to our channel. Also, feel free to leave comments and suggestions on our website, snobwestcast.com. You can also shoot us over an email with any thoughts at snobwestcast at gmail.com. Also, join our chat community on Discord, um, where we talk and chat with you guys on uh, latest tech topics throughout the week. Also, you can support the show um, in a couple of ways. You can support us by becoming a Patreon supporter by visiting patreon.com slash snobblewestcast. And we have two tiers. We have a $3 a month tier, and that gives you access to live show early um, and access to exclusive content. The $5 a month tier will give you access to exclusive content, access to live show taping, audio feed of exclusive content early, and special access to our snobbish channel over on Discord. We want to thank our newest snobbish, which is Kinda Samuel. He joined us on September 30th. Welcome. We are glad to have you here. Also, you can give us a love offering over at PayPal if you go to paypal.me slash And that's our show for this week. We will see you next week. Have a Peace. good one. Bye.